Welcome to Hope Assembly of God Online. We believe no matter the journey, there is always hope. This is a recording of our live Sunday sermon, unedited, uncut, real. Uh, Most of you don't know this, my family knows this, but I keep a list of words that I like. And when I hear a word or uh, something that I like, a word of substance, a word that's unique and sometimes funny, I jot it down on my phone so I don't forget it. How many have ever said, oh, I won't forget that? (laughs) Or you put something somewhere and you say, I'm going to put it here so I don't forget where I put it. Anybody? Yeah, okay. So I write these down because I know I'm going to forget them. So I have this, this, this list of words, and these are some of them. And these are words that don't have multiple meanings. These are words that have not been watered down like the word nice. Nice is not a great word. That's a watered down word uh, in that. Um, even, unfortunately, love has been watered down. You know, I love the Steelers. Well, I don't love the Steelers like I love my family or love the Lord, you know, it's been watered down. I do love, I do really like the Steelers though. I'm just saying. So these are words that I like. One of them is colossal, colossal. Isn't that a great word? Doesn't that just speak of strength and power, colossal? And you, you, you can't, uh, you probably could use it wrong, but when I hear it's like colossal is a great one. Another one I like is not as serious, but contraption, contraption. That's an interesting word because whatever I said, you think of something different in your own mind, some contraption. Well, that's just a contraption that I put together, whatever. I love that word, contraption. I think there's just something, something there. But this is the word that started it all for me. Shenanigans. <laughs> Shenanigans. Several months ago, Dora was doing her, uh, her uh, history on Ancestry.com. And we found out that we're a little bit Irish. (laughs) We've never gotten applause for Irish here in this church before. So we found out we're a little bit Irish, and I never knew I was part Irish. Anybody get that? No. It was through Dor's side of the family. I'm not actually part Irish. It's going to be a tough one. I'm just going to keep preaching until you get it. So the sharper you are, the shorter it goes. Anyway, so we found out we're Irish, and I was very excited to find out I was Irish, and they kept telling me I was going to change my name to uh, Seamus O'Flanagan. I thought that would be great, Seamus O'Flanagan. And then this word came, shenanigans. Isn't that a perfect word? And, and thinking about my own life sometimes, uh, what I get involved in is nothing but shenanigans. It's just a great, great word. Well, this week... I added, and it's a serious word, I added a new word to my list. Now, I don't just add words randomly. These words have to mean something to me. And I added a new word to my list, and it's, anybody know? Wow. Wow, it's tough to get the sound booth to to pay attention up there. It's difficult for them. Wow, killed them. Sorry, guys. I'm just teasing you. My new word is what? Isn't that a great word? It's just powerful. It, it, it means it can't be stopped. That no matter what happens or nothing that's, that, that's going to come against it is going to stop what's going on unstoppable. And what I want you to see today and for the next few weeks that we look at this is this. The church of Jesus Christ 
is unstoppable. And in the book of Acts, the devil threw everything he had at those early believers, and yet the mission went forward because the church of Jesus Christ is what? Unstoppable. As we journey through this, we're going to look at some of the examples of the early persecution that the church faced. So I'm going to tell you about this morning the, the first miracle of the apostles after Jesus, but what comes after that we're going to look at next week, okay? That not everyone was delighted, some were disrupted by what was going on. And you know, in your life, not everyone is delighted about what God is doing, some are disrupted by what God is doing, okay? And can I just say this? Sometimes even in our own lives, we're disrupted by what God is doing when we should be delighted by what God is doing. But we get disrupted when God doesn't do what we want him to do, when we want him to do it, and how we want him to do it. So I'm for delight. There's a scripture that says, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desire. See? See? All right. So what did the early church face? They faced beatings, murder plots, stoning, unjust arrests, and imprisonments. John was exiled. They faced execution. Stephen was executed. James was executed in Acts chapter 2. But here's the deal. They couldn't stop the work of Jesus Christ because the work of Jesus Christ is unstoppable. Throughout all of history, and in these 2,000 years of history, every dictator and despot that's come around has tried to stop the church, and they can't do it. They can burn the buildings, but they can't stop the church. They can pass laws against people meeting together as a church, but they can't stop the church. Why? Because the church is unstoppable. See? Unstoppable. So I want to move on to Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3, I'm going to read through the story and then I'm going to break it down a little bit for you this morning. So this, the context of Acts chapter 3 is after Easter, after Jesus' resurrection, after he ascended back into heaven, after the Holy Spirit fell on Pentecost. Now Jesus was back in heaven, had sent the Holy Spirit. Now the apostles were out doing the work of Jesus, doing the work of Jesus. We discussed last week that there's the capital A apostles are for the first apostles. There are apostles today, I think, I don't have my full theology worked on around that, but there's small a. There are no more capital A apostles. And I talked to you last week, if you weren't here, I'll say it again, be careful of people that give themselves a title. I'm always cautious of that. No one ever gives them the, themselves the title of bond servant. Uh, that I've choose to surrender everything to God, and if he wants to have me killed, I'll do that. Uh, that just doesn't sell books and, and all of those other things that sometimes i got to watch that I don't become too cynical. But be careful. Look, in Italian, I don't know how the Irish do it, but the Italians do it like this. Be careful. Be careful of those that give themselves titles. But we have the early apostles, capital A. And Luke is writing Acts. Okay, Luke is writing Acts, and he says in Acts 2.43, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. So then from there, he gives us an example. They were filled with awe, there were many signs and wonders, and here's an example of it. And one of the things that hit me this week is the first example he gives to them was outside of the church. 
See? Outside of the church, it's when they went out into the world that they began to see the miracles happen. Does that mean that miracles don't happen inside of the church? Of course not. We're to pray and anoint with oil, and God will hear and answer those prayers. I get that. But there's something dynamic that happens when the church moves from gathering together to going out into the world. And that dynamic that takes place is the power of the Holy Spirit. Because when we go out into the world, we can't do it on our own. Now, I don't know all of you here today. I know most of you here. And and a lot of us, myself included, have been doing this church thing for a long time. And we can do this church thing in our sleep because we've done it so often. That's a real danger. That is a real danger. See, for us that are church people, the danger is not at Kavanaugh's. The danger is here in this building because we can sing the songs. We know when to stand, when to sit. We know what to, oh no, we, we got this church thing down. Here's where the danger comes into our lives. When we go, we gather and be refreshed and empowered. I'm in favor of gathering. It's called the church. But the church that stays within its four walls is stoppable because it stops being the church of Jesus Christ because Jesus Christ's church goes out into the world and preaches the gospel to every creature. You see what I'm saying here? All right. So here's the personal example he gives. One day Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter, who looked straight at him, and as did John, then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Now, I think at the beginning of the service, you did this as our theme verse. If I, did we do this as our theme verse today? We did something else. I messed up the theme verses the past two weeks, but don't tell anybody it was me because I do the order of service earlier in the week, and then I change my mind because I'll know the passage I want to do, but then when I really start thinking and getting into the passage, it changes So here's what your theme verse was supposed to be for today. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth walk. And he took him by the right hand and he helped him up. And instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Can you picture the scene? Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Not only was he transformed physically, he was transformed spiritually because that's what the gospel is able to do. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. This miracle occurred after the waiting. Remember, we talked about waiting. After the resurrection, they thought, let's go. Jesus said, nope, don't go, wait, 
Then after the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, what happened at the end of chapter 2, they gathered. And then from that gathering, they went. So we would say, wait, gather, and go. Wait, gather, and go. It's a pattern within Scripture. So Peter and John were going through their normal uh, routine. They were still Jewish in their nationality, and they continued to observe Jewish things that didn't interfere with the gospel. And I'm not going to get into all that. Maybe someday in the book of Acts, okay? They continued to do those things. So part of their life was to go to the church, to the temple, and pray. And they had done this for a long time, and they were going to continue to do it. But something different happened. Something different happened. They encountered this beggar who was lame from birth. This beggar asked them for money, and it's probable that this beggar had been there for many years. And he thought to himself, another day, another dollar. If someone can help me here, that'll be good. And he, when he first encountered Peter and John, he didn't even look up at them, right? Because Peter told him to look up. But things were about to change. When Peter said that, the man looked up expecting money, but he was about to receive something far greater than money. Can I just tell you another secret here? This you can tell others. That contentment does, doesn't come from money. Contentment comes from a relationship with Jesus Christ and then being thankful for what he's given us. It doesn't come from money. People pursue money and they're never happy. Because how much do you need? Rockefeller said, how much more money do you need? Always a dollar more than what you have. The Bible teaches something different. Paul said this, hey, I know what it's like to have a lot. I know what it's like to have nothing. But I've learned the secret of contentment. Yeah, we thank God for what we have. He thought he was getting money. They had something so much more in store for him. Peter said, silver and gold we don't have. But what I do have, I give to you. And in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Not in their name. Not in who they were, capital A, apostle, but in who Jesus was. And see, this is the good news for us today. We still don't receive healing and miracles because of our name and what we've done, but because of his name and what he's done on the cross. And by his stripes, we are healed. Isn't that the good news? If God only answered my prayers when I deserved it, oy. He answers our prayers because he's good. He's good. When we're not faithful, he is faithful. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up. Can you imagine? It almost seems sick, if not for healing, asking for a man that had been born lame for over 40 years, we'll see in a minute, to have him stand up. That's kind of, that would be sick, if not for the healing. But it wasn't sick. It was a sign that Jesus is exactly who he says he is and that the work of Jesus Christ would continue even after he went to heaven because the work of Jesus Christ is unstoppable because Jesus is the same yesterday today and forever he took him by the hand he helped him up and instantly there's a lot of waiting in scripture until instantly there was a lot of waiting in scripture until immediately the Holy Spirit came upon them he jumped to his feet and began to walk. He must have thought his whole life that he would always be in the condition that he was in, that he would be the beggar 
he would be the one dependent upon the generosity of other people, that he'd never walk through the temple gates, that he'd always be looked down upon. Because in, the, in those days, if you were born with a sickness, and John 9 teaches us this, they thought either you sinned or your parents sinned. Maybe he thought that his whole life was meaningless and useless. But everything changed when he met not Peter and John, when he met Jesus, who's alive and well and seated at the right hand of the Father. And he, he went walking and leaping, I learned it as, and jumping and praising God. He wasn't healed, I, I don't think, because he was a great man of faith, because I don't know that he was a man of faith at all. He was healed in the name of Jesus to show that the work of Jesus Christ was not finished yet and that the work of Jesus Christ is unstoppable. So here we have this man over 40 years old who was brought to the temple each day to beg. Guess who went to the temple when he was in Jerusalem? Jesus. It is possible, and this not just from me, but from, from, from others I've read, it is possible that Jesus walked by this same man more than once and never healed him. Now, you're going to have to catch this now. This will make a difference in your life. Why didn't Jesus heal him when he walked by him? I don't know. We've talked about this as a church often. Until you can deal with the I don't knows of God, you're going to struggle because there's too much you just don't know. Here's faith. Here's what great faith is, that I don't have great faith, but I have faith in a great God. That's what faith is. Sometimes I struggle, but I trust God. Sometimes I don't understand, but I trust God. Sometimes I don't know why Jesus didn't work in this situation or why he hasn't yet or what I, how long, much longer I have to wait. I don't know. But when you can take those I don't knows and add to that what you do know. So you take your I don't know and add what you do know. That's what will make the difference in your life. So even in my own life, when I face these I don't knows, I go back to what I do know. I do know that God is good. Let me elaborate on that just a second here. Because I think that the, one of the first temptations to Adam and Eve was to doubt the goodness of God. They began to doubt that God was good because God was withholding something from them. See? And the enemy will get into your life the same way. You will begin to doubt the goodness of God. If God is good, then why doesn't this happen? The answer to that is I don't know, but I do know God is good. The second thing I do know is God is working. God hasn't turned his back on me. He's not lost me. He's not forgotten me. He'll never forsake me because Jesus was forsaken on the cross. So I'll never face that. He'll never abandon me because Jesus was abandoned on the cross. And I'm his child and he'll never do that to me. Sometimes he's distant because the teacher is quiet when we're going through a test. But he's still there. 
And that God's timing, this is the third thing I know, God's timing is not mine, but God's timing is perfect. And in God's perfect timing, he will bring about something for my good and for his glory. So why didn't Jesus, I don't know. I'm not God. Here's what I do know. God is good. God is always working. God's timing is perfect. And he will bring it about for our good and for his glory. Why didn't Jesus heal him? Maybe it wasn't the right time. I don't know. God certainly had a different plan. God knew that this man was going to be healed, right? God wasn't surprised at this man's healing. God doesn't get surprised. Then we ask ourselves, well, why hasn't God healed me? Why hasn't he healed my friend? Why hasn't he healed my family members? Why hasn't he taken me out of this situation? Why hasn't he made everything better? I don't know. As a younger minister, I used to think that I had to have all the answers. As I'm heading towards being an older minister, I realize I have less answers now than I've ever had in my whole life. But one thing I know is God is good, that he's not given up on you. He never will. And he'll bring about these circumstances for your good and for your glory. Don't give up. Watch, because if you give up, you become stoppable. But if you don't give up, then you become unstoppable because God is with you and nothing can stop God from working because God is unstoppable. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. May the names Peter and John be forgotten, but the name of Jesus never forgotten. May the name Randy Sabella be forgotten, but may the name of Jesus never be forgotten. The people that were at the temple at that moment were the ones that needed to see the miracle. I don't know who they were. We might find out in heaven, I don't know. But for some reason, the people that were gathered at 3 o'clock on that day were the ones that needed to see that miracle. And they knew this man. So watch in verse 9. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple called Beautiful, and they were filled with wonder and the amazement of what had happened to him. They were delighted at what God had done because they saw the unstoppable God doing what only God could do. But not everyone was delighted. Now I'm going to jump ahead to next week, okay? Next week, you got to come back to hear the rest of this. The priests and the captain of the temple guard. So well, well, let me tell you this. So they all gathered. They're all delighted. Peter gets up and preaches again. I love that Peter became the preacher because he said the stupidest things before the power of the Holy Spirit. And he still said, actually, in the book of Acts, he still said stupid things. Even after the power of the Holy Spirit. Doesn't that give us all hope? <laughs> Especially the preacher. But Peter was the one. He preached this message, and 
some people were delighted and some people were not. Watch this. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people and they were greatly disturbed. Some were delighted, some were disturbed. Because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. How was this miracle able to happen in Jesus' name? Because Jesus didn't stay dead. Because death can't defeat life. And that although they couldn't see Jesus, they know he was there, seated at the right hand of the Father. Because he sent another counselor, another comforter, another empowerer the Holy Spirit to be with them and the work of Jesus Christ, the church of Jesus Christ is unstoppable because Jesus is unstoppable. This began in Acts chapter four and we'll look at it in more detail next week. This began the persecution of the church. But persecution doesn't stop the work of the Lord. Now listen to this. This is important and I'm just about done. We don't want persecution, okay? We see that God works through persecution, but he works when we're not being persecuted. We live in the United States of America where we're free. There has never been more missionaries sent, more money invested into ministry and the kingdom of God than in these past 200 and whatever years because of the United States of America. Don't think that we'll be better off through persecution. God will still work, but we won't be better off. Here's how I look at it. I want to do everything I can while we're free. And if I'm not serving God while I'm free, guess what? I'm not going to serve God while I'm persecuted. That's the way it works. It's like the person says, if I win the lottery, I'll give to the church. Well, if you don't give to the church now, when you win the lottery, you ain't giving to the church then. Just how it works. Don't pray for persecution. That's, that's weird. <laughs> pray for the power of the Holy Spirit while we're free, that we can send missionaries, that we can invest financially in prayers, that we can go around the world. If you've lived in a country that wasn't free, then you understand this fully, fully. All right. So persecution comes, but persecution can't stop the work of the Lord. Why? Because the church is unstoppable because Jesus is, say it with me, unstoppable. Okay, I'm going to say it again, and then you're going to say it with me. Let's rewind. The persecution does not stop the work of the Lord because the church is unstoppable. Thank you for listening to Hope Online Podcast. For more information about Hope Assembly of God, go to www.godgivesyouhope.com or download our app in the App Store.